Welcome to episode 110 of The Real Photo Show, my first and maybe only ever Leap Day episode. I'd like to say I planned it this way, but I did not. It's just been an incredibly busy couple of weeks at the gallery, which I'll talk about in a minute. But first, we are sponsored by the School of Visual Arts MFA Photography, Video, and Related Media Program, chaired by Charles Traub. My guest today is Paolo Morales. But before we get to that, I have two announcements from the JKC Gallery in Trenton, New Jersey. The first is the current exhibition, The Road, curated by Float Photo Magazine, has a reception on March 12th from 5 to 7 p.m., and you might recognize the name Float Photo Magazine from listening to the show. Yoav Friedlander and Donna Sterling have been on the show in different capacities at different times and different roles, I guess, uh, including the Rust Belt Biennial. And they curated a show for the JKC Gallery called The Road. Uh, and it's a fantastic show. Um, there are about 50 pieces on the wall and there'll be about 100 pieces projected on a big screen in the gallery. So it should be a really fun event. So that is March 12th from 5 to 7 p.m. And then the second announcement is our second third Thursday at the JKC Gallery. Something I started at the gallery for people to show their work every third Thursday. But unfortunately, this time, uh, it's going to be on a fourth Thursday. You don't have to really remember that. Uh, it's just that our spring recess got in the way. So uh, this time, it will be March 26th from 7 to 8 p.m. And the first one went really well. Heather Palasek and Habib Suwab showed their work, and we had a really great turnout. So we're hoping for a really great turnout this time. The presenters will be Cliff Cooper and Christopher Davis. And Heather and Habib will be running the show again. Also, what they did at the end of the first show was basically a kind of lottery for guests who wanted to show their work in the next Third Thursday presentation. So there's a chance if you come and check out the show, you could be selected to show your work next. But really, uh, the fun is in meeting all the other artists and checking out their work. Oh, I actually had one more announcement. So sorry, I lied. I'll be at the SPE conference in Houston next week, March 4th through 7th around that time. So if you're a listener to the show and you see me there, come say hi. All right, so Paolo and I met at the School of Visual Arts during his short break from teaching at Hollins University in Roanoke, Virginia, and we talk about what it's like for a New York City kid to relocate to Virginia, uh, to keep working, to keep teaching, and we talk about his most recently exhibited work, The Blind Leading the Blind and Memphis Tulips, which deal with dislocation, isolation, and gentrification. The Blind Leading the Blind is a series of portraits of Paolo's grandfather after his grandfather lost his eyesight, and it was also an attempt for Paolo to reconnect with his grandfather while his grandfather was still with him. And then we'll also talk about the way Paolo thinks about identity, not so much as talking about his identity as an Asian American, but the way he navigates the world and the way people react to him through his photographs. So happy leap day and leap year, everyone. Try to stay healthy and disinfect everything. Uh, stay home if you don't feel well. And thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. And we will talk soon. My name is Paula Morales. I'm here visiting the Real Photo Show. And I'm having nostalgic flashbacks as a previous pre-college student here at SVA. And so it's nice to be here. Oh, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> taking college level courses in high school? It's like their pre-college program uh, for high school students. So I took black and white photography oh. like during a summer course. Uh, I took color photography with the R4A processor, I'm pretty yeah. sure. RA4. One summer. RA4. Yep. RA4. And then, um, <laughs> I used to clean that machine. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I definitely, definitely took black and white one, and then I took a digital course here too. Mm -hmm. And then I did... Um, classes at ICP as well so oh okay so I was I was fully entrenched in the photo classes as a high school student <laughs> yeah that's right because you grew up in New York City right I did yes yes uh on on the east side uptown so quick six train ride from um 86 down here to 23rd so it's like 30 minutes or something so um talk about pre 
pre-college classes here at SVA. The years were? Uh, I w when I was in high school, it was 2004 to 2008. I took classes, I, th I think, every year, if I recall correctly. And they still had the color process there. They did, yeah. 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 So then you knew you were interested in photography in high school. I did. So I went to a, a really great uh, grade school where they had a dark room and stuff, and I knew I wanted to take other classes. So I, I came down to SVA and and took some classes. And as I said, yeah. I before ICP as well. Oh, yeah. So, so um, we're actually recording at School of Visual Arts, of course. And there is a, there's a lot of recording going on today. Cool. Uh, I, I, <laughs> there's, I know there's people doing um, some recording in the studio, but there's people right outside this room. You might hear an occasional loud laugh or song. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> a good background. Yeah. <laughs> Working into the show. Yeah, so you were in high school in New York. Did you go to a, a traditional high school, an alternative, a magnet? A... It was um, a, a private high school on, um, well, they had, they had two campuses at the time. It was on 90th and uh, 5th, I think. That was the lower school. And then mm -hmm. the middle and high school was on 80, 80, 8th and Center Park West. Then you um you go to Ro uh, Rhode Island School of Design yeah not uh, SVA but <laughs> yeah full <laughs> for graduate school yeah <laughs> I went to Providence yeah RISD yeah <laughs> all right oh where did you where did you do your undergrad then at the Art uh, Institute of Boston at Lesley University oh okay like a small art school up in Cambridge um with Lesley University at at the time it was uh, the acronym was AIB Art in Institute of Boston yeah. And then now I think they're called Leslie University College of Art and Design. Mm. So it's it's been through some transitions, but it was great there. What uh, made you want to get out of New York? Because you grew up here? I grew up here, <laughs> yeah. It's usually the other way around. Yeah, yeah, I grew up here. And if I went somewhere in the city, it just would have made financial sense to live at home. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to live at home as a college student. And yeah, uh, exactly. I got some pretty great scholarships and stuff up in Boston. So, yeah, you know, that's obviously a, <laughs> a consideration. Exactly. No, exactly. When trying to um, choose on a college to decide to go to. That's right. Yeah. And then... Uh, at the uh, Art Institute, you're, are you doing visual arts? Or I'm, I, Did I call it the wrong name? No, yeah, no, okay, correct, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it was photography, BFA mm -hmm. photography, darkroom, black and white printing. I did mostly color then, um, color negative. Oh, okay. And they also had a color processor, so I did some color printing. Yeah. Um, and at the time, digital wasn't that great. Wasn't, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't like, no, amazing. Right, right. right. Yeah, everybody. Uh, it's funny. You know, we always have to remind ourselves that it's it's still, it's not that old. The, the no. di like good digital processes and good yeah. digital cameras. It really hasn't been around that long. Yeah. yeah, inkjet printing is painful for me now, but it was super yeah. painful then. It's hard, like hard to do, like the roll paper and getting the printer to work correctly, and then it's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> you, I mean, there are people who do a great job of making good inkjet color prints. And I've, you know, I've gotten pretty good at it, but yeah. I've always feel like I'm missing a little something. Yeah, you know, totally. The depth of the print. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, the way the ink sits in the paper is pretty incredible now with mm -hmm. those big Epson printers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're so easy to do. Yes. It's so plug and play now. Then it wasn't. Yeah. I just yeah. picked up a, a roll adapter for my P800 at home oh, so nice. I can start reprinting some of my panoramics yeah that's exciting cool <laughs> yes <laughs> that's really exciting but, wow <laughs> but it, but the damn paper is so curly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it takes well, a while to relax I, it <laughs> yeah yeah i was complaining the other day in class because i was i really like the Kansan Beretta paper. Yes, Kansan's beautiful. The Beretta, yeah, yeah for yeah. black and white. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you've ever used the paper and stuff. But I've used Kansan, Hanamule, Epson, Ilford, and Red River. I've been using a lot of Red River lately, and oh, I've tried all nice. the Berettas, and uh, I mean they're all amazing. But yeah. Kansan, Kansan, I feel like I've never had a bad Kansan paper. <laughs> They're really nice, yeah. um, but the roll paper is particularly annoying for me because mm. it has trouble cutting. Oh. And so that's why I stopped using the roll. I just buy the sheet for oh. that. But then Epson, it's like, psh, it's so smooth. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. Cut, it, cut it, but you know. So the, uh, boy, we're getting really uh, Sorry, yeah. off topic and nerdy, <laughs> but the P800 doesn't come in with a built-in roll cutter. It does not. You no. have to, it, it prints a little dotted line for you. And, <laughs> and I take out my scissors and I cut it. <laughs> Whoa, it's very old school. Wow. 
I don't I trust know. myself. I can't even cut a straight line, so I oh. wouldn't trust myself doing that. <laughs> yeah, it actually works out pretty simply because I remember when I used to have the the 2000 and the 2200, and they both had the built-in uh, roll cutters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are nice. Cool. Oh yeah. So let's get back. Oh yeah. <laughs> to you and, but I mean actually. These conversations are relevant with you because you teach yes. and you've been teaching a while and you were, um, I mean, you went to Rhode Island School of Design and uh, that's when sort of, I think that's that's the work I think that, that some people are familiar with, right? That's sure. when your some of your work starts getting some recognition. Also, um, you then went off to uh, Georgetown, right? Uh, the, I, George Mason, George I'm sorry. Mason, yeah, 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 yeah. Mason, the Potomac yeah. School, was it? Yep. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there for four years. Mm -hmm. So I taught high, uh, Potomac School as a high school, a oh, private okay. high school in McLean, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. And so I got that job, I think, the summer I finished graduate school. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, I definitely, yeah, I did. And then, um, so I moved down there for that. It was a part-time, it is a part, it was a part-time job for me. Mm -hmm. So I moved there for that. And then I met some other photographers down there. And then I taught adjunct at George Mason uh, for three years. Oh, okay. And then I moved further down south to Roanoke to teach <laughs> at Holland's University where Which, I am now. Where you're now. And yeah. so that's what brought you to Virginia. Yes, a job. Work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Work for you. Yeah. Did you, were you expecting, thinking about that, expecting that? Like thought you'd relocate? Like were you just sort of willing to go wherever the jobs were at that point? I, I was so desperate. I'm sure many students, yeah. graduate students are. Um, yeah, yeah. And just photographers in general with MFAs, at least. Um, so desperate <laughs> yeah. for a teaching job <laughs> that I was the one to do anything. Right. And so I was really lucky to get, I thought I was really, I, I was really lucky to get that high school job at the time because I had a dark room to work in. I had a, a place to go every day. And it was just a really great stabilizer after, um, you know, the kind of tumultuous graduate school experience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, you mean generally tumultuous like everybody feels, or did you have something particularly tumultuous? Oh, no, just like, okay. you know, yeah. people are antagonistic and stuff, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> graduate school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a similar, ex uh, I had a, a different but similar experience in where I ended up. I, you know, when I was in graduate school, my... I guess fiance, then wife. Let's see, we got married right after I graduated. So yeah, so we were in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. But more and more jobs were popping up on the other side of the Hudson River. So yeah. uh, when we were deciding where to move to, uh, we wanted to stay close to New York, but also have access, more sort of uh, uh, commuting access to other places where I could get jobs. And yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then I ended up I mean, I'm, I don't live close to where I work, you know, because we have to be somewhere between her job and my job. So mm -hmm. she's in New York and I'm, I'm down near Trenton, New Jersey. So. And you teach out there, right? I've been teaching at Mercer for 15 years wow, now. Wow, a long time. Uh, yeah, That's no. Congratulations. It, it, thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, you know, I, I know I'm lucky because I know, I think even the graduating class after me had a much harder time. And I, I adjunct taught for five years and yeah. I thought that was, you know, like, wow, am I ever going to get a job? You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real talk, Michael. Yeah. Yes, exactly. No. And I think it's much harder now. You know, I think, yeah. It's so competitive mm -hmm. and I'm sure you do committees and stuff like that, but a lot of committee yeah. work, especially at a state public school. Yeah. There's a lot of other work you have to do. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I haven't been on them. I, I've only sat on high school stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, it's um, you read some really bad applications. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So. Yeah, and and both ends of the spectrum. Really bad applications from people who are been out there for a long time and yeah. other jobs and teaching, and people who um are just out of grad school, and you know, it's a. Uh, it's tough to learn, you know, find that sort of sweet spot of how to uh, talk about yourself without sounding like you're going to come in and, and, you know, completely take over the world, you know? Like, yeah. You know, like, I'm yeah. so great that I can do all these wonderful things. And, you know, you know you, you're looking for that line where there's a little humility and also ability and, yeah. um, you know, a, you, that you have this connection that you can make with students and this ability to work with colleagues and uh, a desire to be on committees, which is all bullshit because <laughs> everybody says that. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you need to be perfect on paper. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the committee work part. Everything else is legit, but the committee work, nobody yeah. wants to do committee work. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I take that back. There are people who want to do committee work who'd like to move up into administration, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah, met yeah. people like that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so... The transition from then the Northeast down to Virginia, how yeah. was that? What was that like? Did you go with anyone? Were you on your own? I was on my own, mm-hmm. and I never learned to drive. Oh, wow. Because I grew up here in the you're city. Because you're a Manhattanite. Yeah, Manhattanite. <laughs> so I never had a license. So I got my license when I was 25 years old, and it was traumatic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had three driving teachers. Oh wow! Because two wouldn't want to work with me. <laughs> was that down in Virginia? Or? Down in Virginia, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So I f- I failed the <laughs> the driver's part, the permit, the yeah. first time because someone told me you know to study. It's like intuitive, and she was oh, wrong. <laughs> no, no the the, the test. Tech, the technical answers of the test don't always line up with the real world experience. Yes. So no, you do. You have to know what the actual answers are. Yeah. So I took it on a Friday. I failed. Oh, and then no. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I studied all night and then I passed the next and, morning. And this was like absolutely required. You had to get this to keep your job or? I just need to commute to work. That's what I mean. Like <laughs> yeah, without oh, yeah, it, yeah, it would yeah. have been real yeah. difficult, right? Yeah. 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 So then I... Yeah. Got my license in December 2015. <laughs> Congratulations. And I got a, and I got a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so that was a huge transition uh-huh. in my life because I, you know, as a city kid, I was like, oh, I'll just live here forever. <laughs> right. All right. Hop on a train, hop yeah. on a bus. Yep. And so now I like, my, I love my car. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so now, now you love driving, the independence of driving. Yeah, and it totally, I mean, like, back to photography, right? It totally changed my work just because I can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, the, the car is just this amazing, no pun intended, vehicle for picture making. Sure, yes. It opens up all new possibilities. You know, the experience of of being... From New York to Rhode Island to uh, well, actually before Rhode Island, it was um, Boston. Boston. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to then Roanoke, right? Yeah. It's so di- <laughs> must be so different. You're you're like in the middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains, right? I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, which is gorgeous. It's really pretty. Yeah. Great hiking, great mm-hmm. running, all the things I like. So, um, oh, it, that's good. It's yeah. pretty and stuff, but I can't live there forever. <laughs> oh, okay. So you still feel the uh, the pull of the city? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. A yeah, city. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so and 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 how far from Richmond are you? Is like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Uh, like Maybe. three or four hours. Oh, I completely yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in when I was in Arlington, the, a suburb of D.C., I was like mm-hmm. an hour and a half away. So I would go there a lot. There's some great galleries. Uh, yeah. Um, Candela, VCs yes. out there. Yes, yes. And the, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I may be heading down to the, um, to the Virginia Museum of Fine Art. Oh, cool. Because they have a Lou Draper and Kamonge exhibition. Yeah, up. and Edward Hopper. Oh, and Edward Hopper. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so listeners already know this, but Lou Draper was my predecessor, two predecessors before me at Mercer County Community College. Oh, amazing. He ran the photo program wow. there for a long time. Yeah. Cool. I know. It's such a <laughs> funny connection. Uh, so yeah, he's he's um, sort of getting an, some nice attention now. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, if you're down there uh, for a bit, I'll, I'll, I'll let, up. We can hang out. I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, I want to, yeah. So, you know, Sasha Waters Fryer is oh, at of course, VCU. Yes, yes, and then yes. uh, 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 Gordon Statinius is at Candela. And so, yeah. No, it, it's great. A lot of great photographers live in Richmond. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it seems like a nice community right. down there, yeah. Yeah. So uh, how long have you been at Hollins now? Um, since September, so a few okay. months. Yeah, yeah. It's an assistant. Visiting assistant. Visiting assistant. One year. Mm-hmm. So. And you teach some interesting courses. I mean, you do intro to film, and yeah. uh, but then you have uh, more uh, topics courses. You have a uh, documentary and yeah. a portrait. Yes, uh, and alternative yeah. photo. <laughs> Have you taught alternative before? Or? I never, so okay. that's gonna be new. I mean, currently it's at zero. Um, okay, <laughs> people have signed up, zero enrollment. Yes, so I, I don't know really that feeling. Teach it, but yes. I, I'm, I was ready. <laughs> yes, that's right. Ready to break out the cyanotypes. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did some mural cyanotypes recently, right. which was fun. Uh, <laughs> so the students go outside they lay down on the on the sheet on the um, oh yeah 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 on the sheet and then they put in water for like 
I don't know, 10 minutes or mm-hmm. something, soak it up, and then it's blue and beautiful. And right. it's like a nice little <laughs> cost self-portrait. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, you do the intros, uh, film and digital. And yeah. Is film still a part of your practice at all? It is. Mm-hmm. So when I taught high school, I had to learn, I had to relearn the darkroom because I wasn't doing it as much when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I did it a little bit. Um, my my best friend in school was a is a hardcore darkroom person, so he and I would talk about it a lot. Oh, but yeah. I never did it that in depth. And my teacher was really into black and white, Steve Smith, and so oh okay yeah, I was around that conversation quite a bit. So anyway, I moved down to Arlington to teach at Potomac School, the Potomac School, and they have a a, a really nice darkroom, and so I had to basically relearn it. And so it became part of my practice because I was so in it every day with the students just printing and developing film and trying to teach them the intricacies of tone. Oh, and actually, I, you know, I, I was preparing for that job inadvertently, not consciously. The year before, I was TAing at Brown, oh. which was also a black and white course. Uh-huh. And so I, I did learn to split filter print in high school. Yeah. But I... I did it like one summer for like three months, for like a month, two oh, months, yeah. two no, months every day. That's a, that process takes, it takes a while to really get it right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. And I was helping the students at Brown do it. And then um, I taught the high school students to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I just got really into it. So I started, sh- I had shot a lot of X-Tall, a lot of T-Max with an X-Tall <laughs> and um you know, my work just became black and white because of that. Oh, okay. So that was pretty a nice surprise for me. Yeah, absolutely. And the documentary class, do you do video in that class as well, or is that all still photography? It's all still photography. Mm. So I taught a version of that course at MICA, Maryland Institute College of Art, last spring. So we compare and contrast photographers every week, and then they will make work in response. So oh, interesting. I treat it kind of, you know, like you compare two books. So mm-hmm. comparing Latoya B. Frazier, for example, to Sally Mann and how they're similar or different and trying to analyze them in depth and do some of the readings in the books to figure out ways that they can uh, analyze the picture making from both photographers. And then the, do the students do a documentary style project? They do, yeah. yeah. So we, in all my classes, uh, we crit every week. So Frazier versus Sally Mann, they might try to photograph a family event, for example, or like a family, and then they'll choose one of those topics for the final. Oh, okay, so there's a little bit of a mimic in there as well. Sure, or, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's interesting, yeah. Or like inspiration or something. Right, yeah. right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, growing up in New York. What did your folks do for a living? My mom ran a clothing store for 20 years. Mm. Um, My dad did mostly administrative stuff. So he worked for a healthcare company for a while. He worked for Cadbury Eggs or the Cadbury Chocolate Company. (laughs) In what capacity? He was like office. I don't know what he did actually. <laughs> he he was in management. I am pretty oh, sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't totally know what he does. <laughs> CIA. Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> he was basically like uh, he was a consultant for a while too. Mm-hmm. So you know, he did business. I guess. Yeah. I have no idea what he once does. Once you get what, once you say consulting, everybody's like, uh, all right, it's whatever they. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with uh, running a business better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're retired now. Mm-hmm. And then my dad tried to start an app that didn't you know it was like didn't go well but he had fun doing it and then now he's in music school at hunter he takes music classes oh that's fantastic plays guitar and bass and then he he, did they retire young youngish they my dad retired uh like when i was in college i guess Mm. so in their 60s that's great yeah 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 and now they're 70 wow yeah yeah, having a nice uh, second life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they seem happy. <laughs> still living in New York. They still live in New York. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then what did they? Um, what did they think when you started showing interest in the arts? Oh, they they were super supportive. They mm-hmm. are super supportive. You know, it's not a. I'm never gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
so, <laughs> so you know, they're like, <laughs> you know, you, you might, you, so, you know, hopefully you'll get that good, uh, that good college job with tenure. Yeah. yeah that's the dream. <laughs> and <right>? benefits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, they were super supportive. Yeah. They, they paid for all my classes and, you know, helped me get cameras and stuff like that. And yeah. Uh, no, they're great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they think like, you know, you're going to work and stuff. I'm like, I, I work. Yeah. <laughs> you are working. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I also, like, I was talking to one of my colleagues the other day at Holland's and we were complaining about, like, workload and stuff. And I was like, wait a second. We only teach, like, three hours a day. What are we complaining I about? <laughs> I I so make a point of not complaining. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of crap that goes on in any institution and yeah. friction and you know, uh, wanting to do things one way and not being able to do things you want to do, all that kind of stuff. But I am lucky. (laughs) I am lucky to have a job that is, you know, yeah, that's pretty, pretty steady and is pretty uh, stable. I mean, I have to, I have to make sure that I constantly stay on top of things to keep my program viable. You know, a photography program at a community college is, not uh, the most uh, popular program, you know, um, in terms of enrollment and things like that. Because people don't go to community college typically for art, you know, so it's not a huge program. But but yeah, I uh, I am fortunate. Is, is it an associate's degree? It's an associate's okay. in fine art and a certificate program where you just take the sort of the core photo classes just oh, to cool. get those skills. Yeah. Do they go on to BFA programs? Yeah, somehow? most most of my students will transfer. That's great. Uh, you know what I. I I take it back. The, the, so all, the students who graduate transfer, the students who just wanted sort of some skills and things like that, yeah. they, they'll try to start their own job of, of portraits and weddings and events, things mm-hmm. like that. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a tough field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In many ways, yeah. But um, they will get some work and they'll have to, you know, do other jobs just like I did and everyone else <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you like teaching? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's great. You know, I just get so much energy from the students. Did you know you, you wanted to teach when you were at Rhode Island, when you are at RISD? I, yeah, I, I did. Because after college, I moved back to New York City. And then I started teaching at this place called Photo Uno, which is, um, it's like an adult education program, I guess. Mm. Um, so the two people who started it, Pat- uh, Patricia Bermecki and Francisco Lyons, they're a couple from Venezuela. And Patricia went through ICP. Um, and the general studies program, and so she started this adult education program. You know, it was a it was a tough job, but I I learned a lot, and I I really liked teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's part of why I wanted to go to graduate school. So yeah, I didn't want to didn't want to teach. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you when did you do Skohegan and the residencies? The other residents, Blue Mountain, yeah, Philadelphia. Um, yeah. I did Skohegan the summer I graduated from RISD. Oh, okay. So I went. St- I got sick. Like oh. I was like really sick at graduation, and people tell me it's because you just went through graduate school. That's why you're sick. Yeah, your body is releasing all of its uh, pent up tension. Yeah, and finally allowing itself to get sick to feel something. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Our our joke in school, or the joke about me, was feel harder, like <laughs> have more feelings. Oh, I really nailed that one. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> so yeah, I went up to Maine, and then Blue Mountain Center was the summer of 2016, and then Philadelphia Photo Arts Center, um, PPAC for short, uh, was 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at your website, and there's there's a, quite a few interviews, articles that you've yeah. done as well, and the um, one of the things that came up sort of if I was to do sort of a word cloud of, of yeah. the interviews, like isolation, connection, distance, dislocation, yeah, things like that. That that does seem to permeate your work, this this idea of human connection, human relationship and, and disconnection. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's very strong in your work. And there's work that it seems like it, it it's changed sort of names over the years as you've continued to work on it like palm lines started yeah. out as hands or yeah something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah yeah and um these days i feel like a snail without a shell yeah um it's pr- you know very powerful work and but the the latest work that you're doing is called i think uh, it's yeah. called the blind leading the blind that's 
that's of my grandfather. Um, who is blind? Who who was blind? He passed oh, was, away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is not my latest work, but I oh, I'm trying okay. to work on it still. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. In what way do you continue to work on that? Well, I'm trying to edit it into a book and stuff. And, right. Um, but it's not really going anywhere, but I still yeah. look at it. <laughs> but, but in some ways, the reason why I bring it up is yeah. and when I look at your work, it, I, I assume these things are in order, palm lines, the snail without a shell, between you and me, blind leading blind. Are those in chronological order in some ways? Oh, I think it's just the order that I put them in. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> right. it, it felt like in terms of that disconnect yeah. and isolation, that blind leading the blind is almost all of that together at once like oh that's a nice way like to put there's it. yeah there's it's almost a culmination of those ideas that you were working on in the other projects as well oh i like that a lot in a, in a very intense way a very it's a super direct way thank you right? yeah i like that a lot yeah uh you know i photographed my grandfather when he was alive and i practiced photography on my family when i was growing up mm. in high school and definitely in college when i was taking pictures and then after college, then during grad school, I would come back frequently to take pictures, and I photographed my grandfather a lot, and then I did it more intensely after I finished grad school, and I was down in Virginia and would come up like once a month or something. Mm -hmm. You know, he was getting older, and he lost his eyesight, and I was just, you know, photographing all the time, and I wasn't necessarily photographing for a project. Mm -hmm. um, but I, he was just, a, he was a subject on my grandfather. He was a subject and also my grandfather, obviously. Right. Um, and he had a nurse who lived with him full time. My parents would visit him a lot, my aunt and my cousins. So he was around a lot of family. Um, but I thought it was great for me photographically because in retrospect, you know, it's about people who take care of each other, supporting one another, um, someone who is physically and emotionally isolated because of his blindness. Someone who was once totally independent, you know, could find his own way, was totally dependent on other people now. And then all my ideas, I, I suppose, just came to a close in that one project. And, and then he passed away, and then I could look at the work with more discipline because I couldn't when he was alive. Right. But, you know, I would go there... When I was here in New York after college and when I would come up from Virginia, I would go there and I would take pictures and I'd be like, okay, if I take a picture, he'll live till the next time. And so that was um, really important to me. And he, he and I weren't that close when I was growing up. And so it was really important to me um, as in my 20s to take his picture and have that connection with him. Sounds like you were, you were trying to make a connection with your grandfather before it was too late. Yeah. Uh, and uh, doing it the only way you knew how with photography, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. You were yeah. reaching out through that. And what kind of conversations would you have when you were photographing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would just say hello. He would say, how are you? Mm -hmm. um, he couldn't also hear that well. Mm -hmm. And he had dementia, I think. So he would ask the same question over and over again. Oh. But it wasn't like... He couldn't remember me. He would mm -hmm. remember who I am. When he was, uh, when he could see and was still uh, more lucid, I told him I was going to be a photographer. Uh -huh. <laughs> he was like, uh, "You need job for that. You need, you need, you need, you need degree for that." <laughs> and then you know, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he he was a he was a college teacher for a while, and um, so when I told him I was going to teach, yeah. he seemed pretty okay with that. Was he born here? Was he? He was born in the Philippines. Oh, okay. And then he and my grandmother, with their daughter and my aunt, immigrated here to the U.S., to New York. When they were young? Yeah, I think. I don't know how old they were. Oh, okay, But yeah. I, I assume in their 20s or 30s. Yeah. And then they had my dad and my other aunts and uncles. And then they were, they were both doctors. So they were, at, my grandfather was at NYU. And then um, he lived out his life in Queens. Mm. What, yeah. did, what did he teach? He he ran the urology department for oh. a while, and then he taught urology. It's a teaching institution, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. and so he um, he taught and had a practice. Wow. Did you feel like you you made the connection you were looking for towards the end? I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got to spend a lot of time with him. Yeah. And... Um, was it just that uh, growing up, he was just sort of a tough person to speak with, connect to? Or was it you? <laughs> it might have been my fault. 
<laughs> I don't know, actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, for, oh, which side of the family? My dad's side of the family. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Were they close? Well, later. Oh, okay. Later, yeah. yeah. So when my, when my grandfather told me, you need a degree for that, mm -hmm. for being a photographer, I think my dad was really insulted by that. <laughs> I, I could imagine, <laughs> yes. But, you know, as he, um, as my grandfather sort of declined in health and... Mm. Um, you know, my he would my grandfather would rely on my father to help take care of things like finances or and stuff like that. And, yeah, and so they got really close toward the end. Mm. And so when I was growing up, you know, you know, my grandfather was the sort of head of the family, and um, yeah, we he, we never really connected when I was a kid. But the one thing we did do together, which I really cherish now, is um, on Fridays I would take the bus down to his office. And then we would take kung fu classes together. Oh wow! And we did that for like three or four years, I guess, from middle school to high school. Wow! Um, yeah. And that wasn't, you know, I was really big as a child. Yeah. Were you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like large. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, not terribly, but I was larger yes. than I should have been. And um, yeah, it was just nice to you know spend time with him and. Um, yeah, and get in shape and everything else, and yeah. I didn't really get in shape. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. Uh huh. And then I, you know, later on I took boxing classes, and I, oh, I wow. attributed that to our time doing kung fu together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. When do you start? Um, when when do you feel like you start getting some recognition with some shows and some publications? And w was that after you started teaching? So I moved to the suburbs of Washington, and I had a couple of shows because of school, so mm -hmm. we did a group show at um, Clamp Park Gallery, which was really exciting, the summer after I graduated. And then the really great thing about moving to the D.C. area was that I was part of this fellowship program called Hamiltonian Gallery. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and um, they give you a little bit of money and they put you in this kind of cohort of other artists mm. or in, in your age or career range. And that got me a few shows and I'm grateful for that. It was a two year experience. It was like, it is, it's modeled after a, a postdoc program for scientists or oh. um, other academics, but this is for artists. Yeah. And so I did that. So that it was uh, two group shows and two solo shows over two years, and then. Oh, that's, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I've I've never seen this before on someone's bio. Yeah. At a college, they Hollins lists your research interests. Oh yeah. And they list it as documentary aging, gentrification, and socioeconomic class. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I can see the connection to documentary and aging, and yeah, yeah. What what work? Do you see the gentrification and the socioeconomic oh, class yeah. ideas? So I, in Philly at uh, PPAC, I was printing there for a show at Hamiltonian Gallery. Mm. And then I was living in an Airbnb um, in Kensington, mm -hmm. which is um, a gentrifying part of Philadelphia right now. Oh, okay. And so a lot of houses are being built there they're tearing down old properties and the new houses are going for like half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking pictures there of a family, a man named Sean and his wife, Katie, and their two kids, Alana and Sean Jr. So I was there for that month and then I kept on going back and we started this kind of great friendship and relationship and, photogra and photographs together. Mm. And that community is going through a lot of gentrification and... Um, also has some economic struggles too, and that's why I, th I, I hope it's relevant to my mm -hmm. to my work. And that work is called um, Memphis Tulips because oh, okay. I lived between Memphis and Tulip Street, so not Memphis, Tennessee, but you know, just yeah, Memphis Tulips because <laughs> <of> the streets. <laughs> and that actually was shown this year, or is coming up this year. Yeah, X Y Z Art Gallery, yeah. Yeah. Blacksburg, Virginia, yeah. yeah, part of Virginia Tech. And then up right now is your work at Photonola. Right. Yeah, yeah. At um, the Ogden Museum of um, Southern Art. Yeah, and and that was curated by John Feinstein, who is it Feinstein or Feinstein? 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met him, sadly. Oh, okay. But he also included you in the work, was it On Death? Yes, yes, On Death, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the greatest project, yeah. Oh, so you haven't met him. Do you ever, have you ever spoken to him or? I, I've never met John. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the New Orleans opening, but it conflicted with my final exam schedule. Oh. Um, but I met Chris, who does also oh, okay. On Death, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what was the um, On Death work that you had included? It was one picture of my grandfather. Oh, okay. He's in a red striped polo shirt. He's at, I think it was his dining table, and mm. he's wearing a red shirt. And my mom's hands are behind him as he's exercising, and then there's like a red weight near him so it's like this kind of color coordinated picture oh okay yeah yeah that so that's that's mm-hmm. a book that's on sale now right it is yeah, yeah. it's tony, like a catalog uh, I guess, former yeah. guest and friend uh, tony chirinos is in yeah. that book oh cool yeah yeah he's it's it, i believe it's a piece from his <clears throat> series that he did in a morgue oh nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh what are you working on these days is, is it is it still the um well, you're editing the work from your of my grandfather. grandfather, and then I just recently finished printing the Philly work. Oh, the Memphis tools. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm photographing a little bit in Roanoke, mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to keep up with my classes. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, yes. <laughs> the uh, the palm lines work was yeah. was interesting. It was um you know, photo- so. It was photographs of hands, yeah. But then you really started to think about that idea of of reading palms, right? Yeah. And it sort of evolved into that. What? How did that sort of uh, come about? That started at Skowhegan in Maine. Um, I had a friend there. I think she was reading palms or tarot cards or something. Mm. You know, and I think palms are quite beautiful, and it's um, it's fascinating to me that people assert that you can read someone's life just by the lines in their palms mm-hmm. which i don't totally believe but i guess it sort of has some yeah um, truth to it and you know people love horoscopes and things like that and so um i thought it was an interesting thing to think about or explore mm-hmm. but then as it did it more it became um a symbol of connection and a symbol of opening up or reaching out and yeah i just thought they were really like a nice way to describe opening up yeah or like being open to connection yeah so i made i photographed like 10 or 20 people i guess when i was in maine their their palms and then i did it more as i met people on the street just taking pictures and i had the chance to show that work at gallery 102 at the george washington university i think two years ago or three years ago now. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I showed that work and we did it in a grid on a wall and I was really excited by that. Um, oh, I see. So yeah. like a big uh, like four by four or six by six yeah. kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool just to see that in person. And then it became more interesting to me because it was, you know, a fascinating comment on race too, like how hands look, how skin looks. You know, I was also further inspired by that project because uh, another artist named Byron Kim, who is a painter, he has this, I'm going to forget the name of it. I forget what he calls it. Um, but anyway, it's its a all these painted panels of people's um, skin tone, oh. basically. I forgot the name of that project, mm-hmm. um, but I know it really well, or I think I know it really well. <laughs> I thought I knew it really well. <laughs> anyway, he, he was... An art, he's an artist who also went to Maine and was a teacher there. Not when I was there, but he, he taught there previously. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to some past lectures by him, and I was like, that's an interesting idea. So I, I just sort of t- stole that, I guess, and <laughs> did my own version. Right. What, did you? Were you consciously choosing skin tones and hands and looking for diversity in the hands? Or? I was not, but it okay. came about later. When I, when I saw it. You had it. I looked for more, even oh, more oh, diversity. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also it became fascinating to think about like what kind of hand does an artist have versus someone who works in manual labor mm-hmm. versus someone who like just has manicures all day. Right. And so I was really interested in that. Yeah. Um, and I, I, 
I hope that also plays into my other work in terms of celebrating diversity in the in the subjects I photograph mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you know, there was um there was an interesting write up of uh, your show uh, between you and me. Yeah, that was at the Hamiltonian Gallery, right? Yes. And then it was written up by the Washington City Paper. Mm-hmm. Which you link on your website, yeah. and it's 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 kind of a mixed review, which I <laughs> applaud you for because it, it it speaks very highly of your work, but then it talks about where you failed, like where you yeah. didn't do so well, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty good that you put that on your website, right? <laughs> well, I figure whatever. The review itself is, and to review the review, it, it's it's a little hard to follow. I mean, it, it kind of goes all over the place a little bit, but um, it even goes like criticized. Um, artists from the area as as not making like uh, um, not paying attention to like uh, making the best work in a way like it says something about you know it's it's, it's something to the effect that uh, local artists don't always pay attention to their to making good prints or something oh, yeah, like that I right that. it was yeah. an odd comment <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not. All right. <laughs> it's a very sweeping generalization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, connection to the Strange Fire Collective? And I, I only know about it from because of Aaron Turner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, his podcast, yeah. Before Aaron had a podcast, he was actually on, on my show. And, oh, right. And yeah. so he, I, we talked about the, the collective. Oh, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Raphael Soldi, who I know through another photographer... He is part of that group, mm-hmm. and he reached out to me to do um, an interview. But yeah, Aaron Aaron Turner's down in. Um, Arizona. He's with the Center for Photographers of Color that he started as like a social media account, and yeah. then uh, ended up um, sort of opening up a real center, um, photographers of color, and then Center for Photographers of Color opened up at the University of Arkansas, which he is directing now i think is his title that's amazing good yeah that's oh great. no it's really good yeah and then he started a podcast yeah yeah and which i Fantastic. i think is has the same name center for photographers of color cool so what brought you back to new york uh we just have a little break between we have a j term basically and then or a short term for a month and then is that like a trimester or schedule it's like a one month class oh wow and then we go oh is that like your winter session yeah yeah, yeah okay whatever term that people use there's so <laughs> right. many different names and then we go back to class next week so i'm just like i don't want to stay in Roanoke. Oh, okay <laughs> so you you is it uh sort of like you have little uh, intensive courses where you meet a lot of days a week and yeah we yeah. met four days a week yeah for the short term for a month mm-hmm and then we go back into the regular semester next week. So right. I'm just, I don't, I'm like, I live alone down there. So what am I, what am I gonna do? Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you in like an, a university apartment kind of thing or? I live in the business district, I guess, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an apartment. There's no, there, the university doesn't have um, faculty Housing apartments anymore, oh, okay. sadly, but I would have done that if they had it. Right, right. <laughs> So have you have you tried or are you interested? Are there things you want to photograph in Roanoke or around the area? Yeah, I've been um, I've been I've been driving a lot and right. <laughs> I photographed the people downtown um, near where I live. They're it's pretty nascent right now. They're not they're not great, but they're you know they're <laughs> the photographs or yeah the, or the, not the, the people the pictures the photographs <laughs> okay. aren't great. <laughs> but you know like I. I think I really have to feel it sometimes to mm-hmm. want to make a picture. Right. I, not that I believe in inspiration, but like I need to like see something that I think will mm-hmm. turn out to be a good picture. So, and you know, I'm working on stuff, so it's not it's mm-hmm. not flowing out the way I would hope, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you working color or black and white now? Black and white. Yeah. 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 What do you use? Three Mamiya 7s. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> two wasn't enough. <laughs> well, they kept on breaking. I imagine, yeah. They're all getting pretty old now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the two that I use now, the one's sort of just like broken. Mm-hmm. The two that I use now um, were repaired. A little shout out to Precision Camera Work in Chicago. Oh, okay. They did an amazing job, mm-hmm. and the camera hasn't. I don't. I guess it it goes out of focus or something, or it's like it it goes out of alignment rather. Yeah. I don't know what he did, but it hasn't been out of alignment in like two years now. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, it's great when you can find people who can still work on the uh, the film cameras. Uh, there are still 
good people who can do it, but the numbers are dwindling. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was the last color work then you did? Was that these days I feel like a snail? snail shell, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the, the palm lines work too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's a back and forth, right? Then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the review earlier and part of the Hamiltonian gallery too was you had mentors um, or people to critique your work and help support your career aspirations and uh, you know people are like you should go back to color mm. it's like more marketable more sellable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they still say that yeah. they do <laughs> I, I feel like th- that was being said when i was at sva oh my gosh right. oh, you went to school here <laughs> yes oh, uh, no, as an cool. undergrad a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow cool yeah and you know they're kind of right all of the pictures i sold were color oh <laughs> So it's still true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I I give away my pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh-huh. <laughs> I give people prints. Right. Um, <laughs> You're not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> but but in terms of subject matter and all, do you, how do you decide or what? Uh, it's mostly been black and white now because I have a darkroom to work in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I teach and... I was, every semester now we read The Photographer's Eye by John Zarkowski. Sure. And um, it's like this epic way to just, just to describe how to talk about pictures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just fell in love with the formal aspects of picture making more than I did with color. And, um, you know, the way that black and white can describe tone and light is nothing like, to me, a color neg or a color digital and also I just pragmatically I really like developing film mm-hmm. and I was getting sick from developing color film yeah and what you were you, were you not in a well ventilated area I guess not because <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been processing color for I mean solidly for 20 years and then in the last and last maybe five to ten years which was very infrequently but still yeah. doing it yeah, yeah in yeah. fact before coming here, I stopped off to pick up some uh, some Tetanol uh, C41 processing kit. Oh, nice. Kit. Yes. Nice, nice. <laughs> I can do it if I wear a mask. Yeah. And it, it got works. to you. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, I, this isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I shoot a lot of film. Like, I can go through right. rolls and rolls of film. Especially medium format. Yeah. 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 And so I just, I just got a digital camera. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I... And then for a while, I was shipping film back to here, to New York, at CRC, Color Resource Center. And oh, wow. When I was in school, mm-hmm. and I was developing my own film and stuff. So just, it got to be overly expensive. And yeah. blocking white is just so much uh, more affordable. <laughs> what uh, I forgot to ask uh, before, what, what, um, what work was in the New York Asian Film Festival? Of my grandfather. Oh, okay. One of my grandfather of his, uh, his head. That was a really cool experience. The curator I met, Eugene Lee, I met her at School of the Alternative, which is an offshoot of Black Mountain College. Hmm. And the Hamiltonian group went out there for like a retreat weekend or something. And I, I met uh, Eugene there, and then she invited me to be in the show, and um, that was really nice. And that happened like a month later, so it was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I read in one of the articles, you don't particularly think of your work in terms of um, identifying as Asian, Asian American, or, or being focused on Asian culture. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I, I've been thinking about that a lot more lately, and um, mm-hmm. I forget who told me this. Or someone mentioned that my work was in Philly was trying to figure out my own baggage Mm -hmm. so to speak like using the project using the world to project your own problems i suppose or the things you're interested in so projection through picture making and so i don't think my work is explicitly about my identity um but now as i you know kind of get a little bit older and make more pictures i think it is related to my identity more um not necessarily as general being an Asian American person, but certainly in Philly, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a, an artist. I, I'm a teacher, and I went to the college and and school. And um, you know, what is a person like me doing hanging out <laughs> in this area that's 
has a totally opposite lifestyle to me. Mm-hmm. And so that obviously brings up questions. And so it's important through the pictures to explicitly state that this is the person making them. Right. For me at least. Because how can you identify through the pictures implicitly who made them? I mean, I think you can see some of those things or like if you're a good analyzer or look or seer or looker or whatever of photographs. Mm-hmm. The way of forensically picking it apart. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to tell. And so, you know, I think part of what I like about Philadelphia and that community is that um, I can also project my ideas of diversity onto them too because there are a lot of mixed race couples there. Mm-hmm. And then gentrification is also another way to talk about diversity because people come in buying property who um, can afford to buy those kinds of properties and who are different than the people who maybe grew up in that area. And that's a way to to discuss those issues too. And so I, you know, the self-portraits just became a way to um, talk about my identity, but not being like, this is about being Asian American, but this is just me, Paolo, being Paolo. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, one of the things about photographing and uh, to quote Tchaikovsky, in the real, right, out in the world, right, is that you are who you are when you're making those photos. And so people react to you because of who you are and how you you, um, connect with other people and that it's all sort of wrapped up in your identity and and the connections you were able to make growing up and the way you were taught to interact with other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and, you know, I I mean, you mentioned the Washington City um, paper article. Mm -hmm. I I think he was also critical of my self-portraits, I'm I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get more personal than that. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, you know, these are... uh, this is me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like I said, very brave you to include that in your bio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you know of uh, on the horizon coming up? Or are you just getting ready to teach? Just getting ready to teach. Yeah. And, you know, I put out all those applications for everything I want. Yeah. <laughs> all the things to apply for. And... <laughs> Do you still apply a lot? You know? Oh, yeah. Res- residencies and shows and everything else? Yeah. I yeah. think we discussed earlier um, getting shows and things like that. And just the reality of it is that, you know, people aren't knocking on my door. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. So, <laughs> Nobody's coming looking for anybody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I'm... Yeah regularly applying to things Mm. and as I'm sure many people are but yeah you know in school they never taught me to I mean I guess they did a little bit but it's like they weren't like you should do this this and this right right it's funny there's there's always two different kind of ideas about teaching the business of something and the art of something and and I, I, I can see both sides of the arguments I mean there is there is value in in helping you know sort of getting people into the mode, the idea that you are your own self-employed business, yeah. right? And you need to sort of treat yourself that way. And uh, that that means, you know, not giving things away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless unless you can really see the, the advantage of it, the benefit of it, you know, right? But also that, you know, using your time in a, in a productive way and, 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 applying for these things and networking and all those other things. And then there's the, the other side where, you know, people think school should be for, you know, building yourself, your creativity, your creative life, right? People, you know, yeah. developing that. And so I'm, I'm sure it's, it's both. What, uh, what kind of program is, um, is Holland's like? It's a, it's a liberal arts college. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a women's undergraduate program with a, um, graduate program for men and women but not in photography oh so so where are you i'm in the undergraduate program Oh, okay and so in the studio art in the art department there are um there are five of us two art history three studio art Mm -hmm. and then each um discipline has their own person so there's a printmaking person painting and drawing person photography person ceramics people so I just teach photography, and it's it's pretty discipline specific. Um, mm-hmm. But then I I have some seniors and stuff like that who I, who do photography, and 
they're trying to put together senior shows and yeah we have a really great museum called the Eleanor D. Wilson Museum on campus. And so the seniors mount um, a museum show mm. at the end of the year, which is fun. I haven't seen one yet, but it's, yeah. it's fun. It huh. looks like so. Is the Holland's job a year-by-year contract? Or? It's a, it's a one-year one gig year. Okay. right now, so I'm, I have to transition next year. Yeah, what do you? So what is it you um, see yourself doing then? Do you, are you looking for full-time teaching work? Or? I hope to teach, yeah. continue to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, then I'll try to piece it together and take some pictures. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sell some work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, plan a grant and yep. things like that. Get that digital color camera going. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I I hope to, to continue teaching mm-hmm. and... Um, you still willing to like, travel, like uh, teach somewhere else, go West yeah. Coast, go Middle, go... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... I would hopefully stay here, and not here in New York, but like in the mm-hmm. East Coast area, yeah. even if it's like still in the middle, like mm-hmm. in Virginia and stuff like that. But, you know, I like getting on the Amtrak or hopping in my car to come up to New York and to fly from California is yeah. <laughs> a little bit much for me, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. You still want to be able to visit the folks, right? Yeah. Come back yeah. to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. This is wonderful. Thank yeah. You. And thanks for uh, coming in on your uh, your visit. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. All right, bye everyone. Bye.